0: Hey everybody, you're hearing me on my actual microphone right now, um, but it's going to be different when the episode starts, okay? So I need you to bear with me. I didn't have the actual microphone when we taped this episode, so it's going to sound like I'm talking through you through a shoebox on an old cell phone from 1997. So, bearing that in mind setting your expectations a little bit lower so that you'll really enjoy this episode. I I think you'll really enjoy it, to be totally honest. So uh, thanks for bearing with our technical snafu, and we hope you'll enjoy the episode. Isn't everybody technically a history major, when you think about it? Like, you're not learning new things. You're just learning things that are already in books. I guess, yeah, sure. Does that make our degrees less special?
1: Nope. I'm going to hold on to it till I die. Yeah, yeah
0: me too. <clears throat> Anthony? Sam? I don't know if you heard or not, but Winnie the Pooh is now in the public domain. Have you heard about that?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, surprisingly. What does that mean
0: for us again? It means we could do anything we want to him. Anything? Well, anything. I guess. I guess we shouldn't be too creepy.
1: I don't know. I wouldn't really put it past you. Could, could you give me five minutes then? <clears throat> I have to clean some stuff off the old hard drive. Will we have five minutes? We're recording an episode now. I don't have time for this. Um,
0: incriminating information? deleted. Okay, roll tape. Hi there, you're listening to Pop
1: Partisan, the podcast that makes fiction nonfiction by mashing up pop culture worlds with politics. We examine unexpected and expected combinations like, is Homer Simpson a Democrat? What can we learn about nuclear weaponry from the catastrophes of the Jurassic Park series? How would the wizarding world of Harry Potter be impacted by Brexit? Basically, we're taking all of your favorite pop culture indulgences and trouncing them with a healthy dose of real-world anxieties. I'm Sam. And I'm Anthony. And we're really trouncing stuff, I guess, so yeah. buckle up. As you know from the title and all, we're talking about everyone's favorite, pantsless... And topless. Ooh. <laughs> Children's book character, Winnie Pooh. This is the first time we're doing a book, isn't it? Yeah, see, we are literate. Prove it to you, haters.
0: We're reading words right now. We're going really meta here, aren't we? Yeah, we're talking about the concept beyond... I don't know. We'll cut all this out.
1: So, anyway, for those of you that haven't read the book, me included, I have not read it. I have seen the TV show, though, so that's cool. Uh, As well as, what was that, the Tigger
0: movie? The Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Tigger movie. I I read the books and was into the TV show when I was a youngster. Still am a youngster, but a younger youngster.
1: There was also that Ewan Ewan McGregor movie uh, that he did. Oh, I saw
0: most of that. Most of that? Yeah, I think I saw all of it. Most disappointing thing about it is Winnie the Pooh does not become a Jedi. That is pretty disappointing.
1: I, I kept telling my girlfriend as we were watching it, wait, wait. Obi-Wan is going to give him a lightsaber. Well, he always had the high ground over Pooh because Pooh is, like, two feet tall. Some of us are just vertically challenged. Anyway, Winnie the Pooh is a whimsical tale about a little boy named Christopher Robin and his friends Pooh Bear, Owl, Eeyore, Tigger, Piglet, Kanga, Roo, and inevitably others. They go on adventures from getting stuck in doorways to nailing tails to their asses, to contemplating complex, existential questions about life, happiness, belonging, and more. Really, if you were a child in an English-speaking part of the Earth, there may have been no avoiding that dastardly Pooh Bear. Or at least for, for, for me, I, you didn't read the book. Yeah, that's, that's true.
0: But everyone has blind spots, so who knows.
1: Exactly. Um, but again, I must reiterate, I did see the Tigger movie. Yeah, that
0: makes it better.
1: Hey, I also dressed up as Tigger. I'm sensing a theme here. I dressed up as Tigger for uh, for Halloween once, too. Um, anyway, uh, enough personal indulgence. Sam, can you imagine Winnie the Pooh being about anything other than talking animals with a grab bag of neuroticisms and an adolescent prepubescent
0: boy escaping reality together? It's funny you mention that, Anthony. Did you know that Christopher Robin Milne, the real-life inspiration for Christopher Robin, A.A. A. A. Milne, the author's son— Fought in World War Two for the Allies, for you know, for the British, you know, because he's British. I did not know that. Well, I thought it might be funny to play out how Christopher Robin would have fought the Nazis with the Hundred Acre Wood cadre. So, if you will, indulge me. <clears throat> Actually, it says Cheers Throat on my script, not Clears Throat, so I made a mistake. You illiterate piece of shit. How would the Hundred Acre Wood fare against the Nazi scourge? Hmm a film by Quentin Tarantino, by A.A. Milne. Not really. Chapter 1. Once upon a time, a very long time ago, a Nazi-occupied hundred-acre wood, an elite squadron of the Allied forces gathered to discuss how they would traverse their war-torn home. Ten hut, a masculine yet childish voice exclaimed, Troops fell in line. Bump, 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 bump. A buff British soldier, a member of the Royal Corps of Engineers, strolled authoritatively by wearing boys shorts. Boy's shorts? Boys' shorts.
1: Okay, so child soldiers is what we're going with.
0: Alright. No, fair no, enough. no. This is like a this is like a twenty something year old troop. Okay. And he's wearing boys shorts. Like Thomas Lennon in Reno nine one one. I've been watching that. Ah, so like rugby shorts. Okay. My name is Christopher Robin Milne, and I am putting together an elite team of 100 Acre Wood's best, brightest, and most bothersome. We're going to be doing one thing and one thing only, killing Nazis. We're going to get copyright struck for this. Satire. 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 <laughs> Christopher Robin and his friends had countless happy adventures in this wood, from getting stuck in doorways, to nailing tails to their asses, to falling out of trees in search of sweet, sweet Lady H. We're talking about honey. Ah, okay. Okay. Not heroin. Well, they did heroin, too. Actually, I don't know if heroin was around during World War II. It was. I think. Well, I mean, it's opium. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I didn't piece that together. However, war had changed the landscape from cheerio to macabre. The Nazi German forces had not invaded all of England, but they were beginning to make inroads after experimental Nazi tech had allowed them to circumvent British naval monitoring. The company continued to stand at attention, only to be disturbed by a sudden scuffing noise. A gopher popped out of the ground and whispered something to one of the commandos. According to our intelligence network, Owl explained, there has been an encampment spotted 15 clicks from here. We write a notice saying we shall attack them post-haste. Owl went on with longer and longer words before the commander sat on a tree stump. No, we'll take them by surprise, Christopher Robin announced as he pulled down his shorts a bit. The great thing is to not let the Nazis know... Oh, wait, I have to do that in the voice. The great thing is to not let the Nazis know you're coming. If you have a green balloon, they will think you're a tree and not notice you. If you have a blue balloon, they will think you are part of the sky. Oh,
1: okay. In-
0: interesting. Um, all right. Yeah, green balloons, red balloons, blue balloons. <laughs> Rue popped out of Kanga's pouch. Then how shall we proceed, sir? Rue straightened his helmet as it was not properly sized for such a small baby kangaroo. So after tea and sweet cakes, they all talked about it together. They formed a...
1: <laughs> that's not really... That's not a good meal for, for killing Nazis.
0: I don't know, you need energy.
1: Yeah, you need energy, but like you need something else other than sweet cakes. Like, you're gonna get fat, and then you're just gonna be like, oh,
0: like. They're running away, I can't catch up. Keep in mind, they're fighting against the Nazis. The Germans are very well known for having great pastries. So, it's fighting fire with fire. Well, fire, yes. fighting fire with meth.
1: Which is what the Nazis are probably taking.
0: So, after tea and sweet cakes, they all talked about it together. They formed a plan, and the company got their supplies into place. The entire time they mustered their equipment into place, Christopher Robin's balls popped out only twice.
1: Oh God! Wear longer shorts just wouldn't happen, Mr. Robin. Comport yourself as a commander should. Keep your
0: balls in the the shorts. Chapter Two. A modest encampment of Nazi soldiers gathered around a campfire. The troops ate their meal of Franks and beans in a fast efficient manner. Munch, munch munch. Because of math. No, because they're German, so they're fast and efficient. <laughs> And meth. And meth. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll throw the meth card in there. <laughs> not, not something I would think it, but okay. <laughs> not much pitter power in this part of the Hundred Acre Wood. Perfect for the Nazis to hide out. The pitter-patter was disrupted, oh so suddenly, by a bullet whistling through the air, killing one of those bothersome bastard Nazis dead before he could even hit the ground. Fuck
1: yeah. Killing Nazis.
0: Tiglet <laughs> was one of the sharpest shooters for the Allied forces. Despite his small size... He could land one right between the target's eyes. Piglet re-cocked his weapon, ready to kill more. The startled troops fired furiously around them. They fired furiously, but found the furious firing not too fruitful. That was beautiful. I know, right? You could just mail the Oscar to my house, please. Okay. let me go steal one. The 100 Acre Company was able to subdue the Nazi encampment and now had to make their fateful decision incumbent on our boys at war. Would they take prisoners of war, or follow the true spirit of combat and leave no survivors? Hell yeah. What do we have here? Christopher Robin mused as his knife swept across the soldier's SS lapel. The only reason to be wearing this lapel is if you were a Nazi. And the only reason for Nazis to exist is to get killed.
1: A lot of psychopathy that, uh, that Christopher Robin is, is, is showing. That, this is, This is brilliant. If it, if it helps, it gets worse. I love it. Keep
0: going. The Nazi lieutenant didn't utter a word. He just spat in Christopher Robin's face and hailed his beloved Fuhrer. Christopher Robin smiled as he wept the spit off his face. Big mistake there. A clunking resonates through the distance from a dark bridge overpass. The rest of the commandos in the company began to cheer and woot. Christopher Robin remained stoic. He sat on a nearby tree stump and pointed towards the darkness. Is somebody there? The Nazi asked the abyss. That's Sergeant Winifred T. Pooh Bear, Christopher Robin explained to the German lieutenant. You might know him better by his nickname, the Bear Pooh. Oh no. The Bear Pooh. <laughs> he bashes Nazis' brains in with a honeypot, is what he does. Now I'm going to ask you one last goddamn time <laughs> if you still respectfully refuse... I'm calling the bear poo over. He's going to take that big pot of honey of his, and he's going to beat your ass to death with it. The lieutenant exclaimed, Fuck you and your poo bears. The company laughed triumphantly. (laughs) We're all tickled to hear you say that, Christopher Robin said with a sadistic smile. Quite frankly, watching Winnie beat Nazis to death is the closest we ever get to going to the movies. Winnie?
2: Yes, Christopher Robin,
0: echoed the bear poo. The heavy clanking of a heavy honeypot sounded closer and closer. The soldier may have begun to regret his decision. We got a German here who wants to die for his country, Christopher Robin reported. Oblige him. <laughs> the bear poo emerged from the darkness and stood in front of the restrained Nazi sergeant. A towering two and a half feet tall, he was one of the only commandos to... Pre- <laughs> A towering two and a half feet tall, he was one of the only commandos permitted to be completely nude. Nice. The bear inhaled, tossing his pod into the air as he began to sing. Isn't it funny how a
2: bear likes honey?
0: The sergeant began to breathe more heavily. He was getting nervous. Never before had he met such an intimidating stuffed animal.
2: If bears were bees, they would build their nests at the bottom of
0: trees. The bear struck quickly, forcefully, violently beating the Nazi into a mushy, mushy pulp. Brains and guts spewed everywhere as the commandos cheered on the bear poo. He began to slow his incessant rampage. The bear poo let the heavy honeypot, now painted red, to the forest floor as it rolled slowly toward the enemy carcass. Rabbit took a satchel out of his pack and began to distribute it to the other commandos.
2: Christopher Robin,
0: the bear poo muttered.
2: The deed has been done. <laughs>
0: The commandos renewed their cheers as they came closer to the bear poo. The troops gathered around the mushy former so- The troops gathered ar- The troops gathered around the mushy former soldier tortilla chips in hand as they began to feast as if it was Cinco de Mayo.
1: Olay! Oh my god. Well, that took a turn I did not anticipate.
0: <laughs> Yummy salsa brains. The leader of the company approached. Oh no. Silly old bear as he he said as he nodded and smiled. The duo cheered with tortilla chips and fed each other. Just an orgy of violence with with a bunch of... And salsa and chips. Yeah, what what could be better? Chapter 3, The Next Day At attention, time for calisthenics, said Christopher Robin. Now, lads, it's important to stretch properly to get ready to kill even more Nazis today. The company lined up and stood straight. Gotta work off those brains that you had yesterday. Everybody, touch your toes. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, tra-la-la. The company may have been loyal to Christopher Robin to a fault, but they were not the most physically adept, because they were mostly filled with sawdust and wool stuffing.
2: Hmm. Oh, bother!
0: Pooh did his best to stretch, but could barely make it past his stomach. Tigger had no problems with being limber as he bounced up on his tail and held onto his toes with both hands. Rabbit and Owl were able to reach their toes after several bouts of stretching. Eeyore struggled, however, to touch his toes. He was feeling especially down today. "'I'm sorry, Christopher Robin,' mumbled the gloomy commando. "'Maybe it's just my usual demeanor of being sad, unhappy, and no fun at all, but stretching isn't
1: making me feel better.'" What would make you feel better, Eeyore?
0: Heroin. Heroin, okay, okay.
2: Oh, butter, Eeyore,
0: said the bear poo.
2: Did your tail fall off once again?
0: Eeyore turned around, revealing the tail was still nailed between them thick, thick cheeks.
1: Oh, God.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. They're they're built sturdy. They're sturdy animals. Yeah,
1: that's true. For sawdust and
0: wool. Yeah, a lot of wool in the back, in the trunk. hmm After Christopher Robin did his best to coach his commandos on stretching properly and making sure they were each limber, despite mostly being filled with sawdust and wool stuffing, the crew got their packs and got into position. Hiding in bushes, the opposing army marched by. One company, two company, three company, four. This was more Nazis than they had seen before. Okay. Very good. More Nazis to kill. They had to be very, very quiet if they wanted to catch the Nazis off guard. Yet quickly waiting would not stop the Nazis from invading the small village in Devonshire. Tigger completed his reconnaissance run in order to give an estimate to when the troops would invade the quaint British county. Christopher Robin, still wearing boys' shorts, gave a short order to Tigger, who nodded and bounced away. "'Get into position, lads!' Christopher Robin rumbled to the rest of the commandos. The company assumed the positions they had discussed many times over air palpable with the anticipation of the attack. The adult boy in shorts gave the signal. Eeyore stomped on a switch that closed out a small clearing of trees with falling thicket from up above. The falling trees crushed many marching Nazi troops, while others attempted to scatter to no avail. Heavy wood pieces quickly made the enemy less than ambulatory. (coughs) As pleased as he had ever been, Eeyore looked directly to camera and said, Don't blame me if it rains. (coughs) Rabbit burrowed furiously under the wake of the troops, laying sapper bombs to detonate at the other end of the clearing, effectively trapping the soldiers in a closed-off hellscape with some angry foes that called the Hundred Acre Wood home. From the far end of the tree line, sniper bullets rained down on the now-trapped troops. Piglet sneered down the scope of his Lee-Enfield pig sticker, which is a real gun the British used in World War II. I looked it up. I wanted to make sure Piglet had a real gun. And began to pick off enemy troops one by one, Not necessarily to dramatically lower the number of foes, but to cause a little terror among their surviving compatriots.
1: And because he likes killing. And because he likes killing. He's the smallest one. He's
0: got to rack up the the, the biggest body count. I mean, like, got to compensate. Christopher Robin had just subdued several Nazis when he looked over at his good friend, the bear Pooh. Christopher Robin called out to him. "Pooh bear, might you require assistance? Not at all, Christopher Robin, Pooh Bear responded as he tore a Nazi's head clean off his body like an apple stem.
2: But oh, so kind of you to ask.
1: Now, are they snacking in the middle of this? Like, they're like, oh, those those tea cakes didn't really fill us up. Uh, I need
0: some more energy. So they just start feasting on... On Nazi bits. Yeah, we established that earlier, that they have tortilla chips just for this reason.
1: Right, but, you know, that was after... The battle. I was just wondering if there's like a I don't know, like in the middle of the fight, just be like, right, "I gotta stop." Um, yummy, yummy,
0: yummy, brains. Well, no, this is the this is like the initial rush of them attacking the Nazis invading. They have to. Okay. Be, they can't. They can't be too snacky. But if it's convenient, you know.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: Silly old bear, carry on then. The bear briefly smiled at his good friend Christopher Robbins. You could tell they both thought about it, but they were not lovers. The bear then began. Well, that's good. The bear then began to stare down at the ground, focusing on his breathing. He breathed faster and faster, and then looked up and gave a blood-curdling roar. The silly old bear had let himself get into a fit of bloodlust.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Pooh clawed his way through his adversaries like he was in a swimming pool. Okay. Nazi blood. Nazi blood coated his claws as he made short work of the bad guys. Tathers of SS outfits littered the closed-off clearing. Pooh Bear's fury was so unstoppable that he even damaged several panzer tanks accompanying the German forces.
1: Okay, okay.
0: The silly old bear was careful in his rampage to spare one Nazi soldier from the crowd. The bear Pooh approached him slowly as he panted heavily, but the Nazi soldier shrunk in terror. Pooh grabbed the soldier and held him a solid meter in the air. Meter because it's British the metric system. His panting began to slow as he regained his breath to speak.
2: You go tell Hitler that he shouldn't make a bother in the Hundred Acre Wood.
0: The bear dropped the Nazi to his feet. Once he recognized he was not hovering in the air, he sprinted away from Pooh and the commandos, now clustered around the bear. Christopher Robin approached as he cleaned off his bayonet. Silly old bear, Christopher Robin gently reminded his good friend. We leave no witnesses. The adult boy whistled and pointed at the fleeing Nazi. From the treetop perch, Piglet quickly brought the escaping foe to an abrupt stop. How did he do that? Uh, he, he asked him really nicely to stop. What do you think? You know, Piglet's a master sniper. So, of course, his acumen and kindness will, you know, <laughs> shot him dead. I'm, yep, there you go. I just want to make
1: sure.
2: So sorry, Christopher Robin. It's been so long since I've had any honey that my brain's been turned not to ever so good.
0: Not to worry, silly old bear. Christopher. <laughs> not to worry, silly old bear. Christopher Robin produced a full-sized jar of honey from his asshole. The bear began to suck down that sweet, sweet goo without hesitation.
1: I love sweet, sweet goo. <laughs>
0: Christopher Robin stopped for a moment to close his eyes and sigh. When he opened his eyes, he looked and saw several members of the heavily-armored British soldiers with stern expressions on their faces. A stout figure emerged from behind the soldiers. Christopher Robin Milne, I presume? The stout man inquired. That would be me, sir. I'm Prime Minister Winston Churchill. Son, I'd like to thank you for your service to His Majesty's army. Well, sir, it's a pleasure to meet your acquaintance and an honor to serve his majesty. Pleased to hear... Pleased to hear... I can't do it, Churchill. I'm just going to talk normal. Pleased to hear it. Now let's get you out of, from this field. You nip those gnauses in the butt right in time, lad. Okay, I did it. 50-50. Don't judge my accent. I'm not... These are the... I'm talking... Yeah. <laughs> "'Certainly, sir. Let me just ensure I have my company with—' Christopher Robin looked around to beckon his commandos to come with him. He looked around thoroughly to see where they had gone. Tigger? Pitquit? Owl? Pooh Bear? Nobody was there. The Prime Minister continued. "'You have a gift, Christopher Robin. We must learn more of your gift at Scotland Yard.' One of Churchill's men approached Christopher Robin. A chopper broke through the canopy as they scrambled toward the landing site. "'Would these be yours, soldier?' The soldier had a stuffed bear, a small toy pig, a tiger doll, an owl statue, all inanimate, all lifeless.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: That would be me. Christopher Robin reached out to grab the stuffed animals, only to realize his hands were coated red. He looked back at the massacred field, the bodies lining in the grounds, the tathers of tanks. He looked back at Churchill, who chewed his cigar and smiled. And that's it. Okay.
1: That was absolutely terrifying. I love it. I love it. I I feel like there needs to be a part two. I need more of mentally disturbed Christopher Robin. It Beautiful. I, I, it. I like
0: to think that there was like a little bit of like a life of Pi, super soldier cliffhanger there to it. So it's like, oh yeah, Christopher Robin is like this basically super soldier who could just you know, wipe out Nazis without even recognizing that he's the one doing it.
1: It's like Captain America and the Winter Soldier met the Punisher.
0: Yeah, met the Punisher, basically. (laughs) uh, With, like, bouts of conscious psychosis and multiple personalities, things like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I don't really have any
1: questions. I mean, you kind of answered nonchalantly about how the Nazis ended up in in Britain. I'm sure that was a tough day for Winston Churchill when it happened.
0: He was clearly there monitoring it the whole time. (laughs) I like to think in the story, he was just six feet away from Christopher Robin just watching him. Yep, chewing on the cigar and... Six feet, two meters.
1: Yep, there you go. This is Britain.
0: Okay. In the same vein of grading these, what letter grade would you give this narrative? Hell, man, I'm feeling
1: pretty, uh, pretty full of charity. I, I think this is an A plus. This is, this is, this is oh, outstanding. Right um, oh, a little derivative from, from, from previous works, but I, I really like the, uh, the, the, the wrap up there. That was, that was, that was good. And,
0: and the bear poo. Can't forget about the, the bear, bear poo. poo. Yeah, the bear poo was clever, um, and I, I like I like the idea that he has all of the intimidating factors and strength of the bear poo from *Inglorious Bastards*, but it's just Winnie the Pooh and his honey pot. All right, so obviously the things that we just told you really didn't happen. God, I wish they did. However, it's important to fund local libraries so it's not just Christopher Robin who can go on these fantastical adventures.
1: So, if you, the listeners, were so inclined, uh, I would check out the article that we will plug in the description as well as on our various social medias uh, from bustle.com. And remember, if you don't have a, a card, that being a library card, you just can't get hard.
0: I always have my library card right next to my bedstand for that exact reason. Yeah, and also pay attention to what's happening with the banned book situation with Art Spiegelman's mouse. Like, that's, that's a pretty significant thing to follow if we're talking about Nazis and people forgetting about the atrocities of the Holocaust in all seriousness. There's also, like, a dickbag state senator from Indiana who said that we should teach the Holocaust in an impartial way. So let me just iterate, fuck that guy and buy Art Spiegelman's mouse.
1: I'm probably going to go do that today. Well, actually, I don't really have time, but it's on my list. When I go to the bookstore, I always see and I'm like, maybe I should buy it today, but it'll probably be on my list uh, rather soon. I've never read it, but I know, you know, I know it's one of those like, not
0: transformational, but definitely more important books. Significant, yeah. Yeah. If we live near each other I would lend you my copy, but I I think it's um yeah, it's somewhere. (laughs) I I haven't read it since like early college, so it's been a bit. Anyway, that's it for us for now. Or is it there's always gonna be an is it. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at PopPartisan. And tweet at us. I like interacting with you people. Yeah, and getting sporadic fan mails from you people. (laughs) Calling people you people. It's also a delight. We also have a Facebook and Instagram account, also at Pop Partisan. And you can check out our website at poppartisan.com.
1: Thanks for listening. Tune in
0: next episode for another mashup. Bye. Bye. Pop Partisan is hosted and created by Sam Gerard and Anthony Tarzi. Produced by Joe Gerard. That name sounds familiar. Graphic designs by Grayson Everett. Music by Andrew Levoque. You can find Andrew on Instagram, Spotify, and Bandcamp. Thanks for subscribing to Pop Partisan wherever you get your podcast fix.